Alright, there we go. Hello everyone. I'm Joseph Roberson, aka Professor Joe of both King Talk Podcast and the Professor Joe Show. And you're currently listening to King Talk, our transparent discussion on any and all issues related to life with the intent of creating an environment of effective communication and an atmosphere of respect, compassion, and understanding. You know what I was thinking over the week as I introduced that, I want to get to the point of just being like, there's a part of me so bad, I want to be like, man, you know what it is, right? <laughs> then I was thinking like, somebody could be listening like, nah, I don't know what it is that you do. So I ain't ready to clown just like that, you know? But hey, if there's something you'd like to hear discussed, feel free to drop us a line, shoot us a DM, and let us know on IG at King Talk Podcast. That's one word, King Talk Podcast, one word on IG. Or you can also find us on Facebook at King Talk Podcast, on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and a host of other platforms as well. Today, it's my esteemed privilege to welcome Damon Porter. Clap it up. And, I, I, and it's, it's Coach. It's Coach Damon Porter. I should have went there. Nah. Right? I, I can, I'm Damien today. Okay. Like now, hold on. Do me a favor real quick. How do you say your name? Damien. Damien. Yes. So why don't you ever correct nobody for saying Damien? I've been called Damien my whole life. Okay. Okay. Um, and then, then, then... Uh, I, I, you know, I've been called coach for the last 20 years. Yeah. And so to be honest with you, I oftentimes, I don't think I hear it. Okay. You're gotcha. not the first person to ask me that. Okay. Um, there was, there's, so there's Damien. Right. I also spell my name E-O-N. Right, right. The most, the more common, common spellings are I-A-N right, or I-E-N. Right. Okay. Um, but then there's also just Damien. Right. And I, you know, it says like when you, D-A-M-E-O-N. Right. And a lot of people miss the E. Um, but in this world, so some people might miss it. Yeah. But you got to remember, we are such a diverse, multicultural society mm-hmm. that nowadays somebody's name might be spelled X-Y-J-X-E. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, and they'd be like, no, it's John. Right. And you'd be like, it's John. And right. be like, yeah, that's how my parents spell it. Right. So you just never, or let me give you another example. Some of my students, I'll be like, Alicia. And they'd be like, no, Mr. Robeson, it's Alicia. And I'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, my bad. So the next year, I get another student. I'd be like, Alicia. They'd be like, Mr. Robeson, it's Alicia. I'd be like, my bad, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I hear you. So there's always implications, but we want to get it right. We want to get it right for you. I appreciate it. Even you, though man. I'm never going to call you that again since I call you DP. No, nah, I will. Coach, yeah, and, you know? and, and I think that was going to be, if, if, if there was anything to add to that point, from the time I was 12 years old, people have just referred to me as okay. DP. And so... I get Damon once every five or six years, gotcha. you know, and oftentimes when I do get it, um, you know, it's not in a situation where I'm, I don't know, I'm 45 years old. I got a lot of things on my mind. I oftentimes right, right. don't even know if, you know, and if that registers, I as, don't know if it does. Necessary. I got yeah, it. Real I, talk. But, but, but what you're saying um, is definitely something uh, as I sit here, um, I will give much more consideration to because you've made me aware of it. Oh, hey, watch this. I'm just asking because of all the things in the world to be concerned about in 2020, (laughs) that might not rank the highest on the priority list. Nah, I hear you. Now, okay, now this is where I mess up every week and Grace, the producer, she gives me a break. She doesn't get on me, but I have such a history with most of the people who come on here that I get overly excited and I know people's whole history. Like I have a lengthy history with you. So I'll just kind of proceed forward with the dialogue, not even realize that, not, or paying attention to the fact that people listening, mm-hmm. they don't have an awareness of what this person's history is. So is it okay if we start there? Can mm-hmm. you run down your history, mm-hmm. um, maybe in the athletic world, in the sports world? Mm-hmm. Um, I graduated from Crenshaw okay. uh, in 1993. I was a two-sport athlete. Um, I played football and baseball. I was a, uh, 
I was, I was a decent athlete. Uh, I was not a real good student, however, and so I ended up um, having to attend a t uh, community college. And from okay. there is where I was forced to sort of make a decision because uh, I was a high performer in football. I was also an all-state player in baseball. But at the community college level, I wasn't so good that I could continue to excel in both sports. Gotcha. I could have participated. Gotcha. Gotcha. Both, but I wouldn't have excelled. And in order okay. to make it out of a community college, yes. as you know, you yes. got to excel. And so I chose to play football um, at El Camino College. Okay. And I was also 18 years old and living at home with a younger brother and a younger sister and a single mom in a two-bedroom spot. And I was getting financial aid and I wasn't getting enough financial aid to pay rent. Uh, so I had to find some place to live, and mm -hmm. you know, I was doing the junior college last chance you thing, living on the streets, going to school, and playing ball, and without having some place to stay. Again, academically, I didn't, I didn't excel. Um, then someone threw me a lifeline. A buddy of mine moved down to Palomar Community College, was in San Marcos, North County of San Diego, and uh, his parents setting him up in an apartment. And, you know, you're looking for a place to live, you know, we can help you out, help get you settled. Um, it, people that I had met in November and I was in a van in January. Wow. So an eight week relationship got me off the streets. Yeah. yeah. A roof over my head for the first time, settled in. Um, and, that, and at that point you went to Palomar. Went to Palomar Community yeah. College. So people don't know how often that is the journey for many people who choose the community college route where there's not a great deal of stability right and even though that's the title of the show now that's what it has been for many people forever, for many years forever. last chance forever. a last chance opportunity to proceed forward yep. so you ended up at palomar ended up at palomar um played a couple years there transferred to a division two school in nebraska okay northeast nebraska called wayne state Went there and studied um, business and uh, PE. Um, played ball there for two years. Gotcha. Um, had hoped to get to the NFL, uh, but that didn't happen. I ended up uh, in the Arena Football League. Uh, started there in 98. Played in the Arena League for nine years. Started coaching shortly after that. Got into coaching in 2003 was my first year coaching okay. and so hold on hold on can i just stop you hold on hold on yeah clap it up man I gotta clap it up because first of all now so we haven't even begun the coaching career we'll go back there but that just needs acknowledgement one because of this so especially as a community college athletic counselor now yeah 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 very few if anybody I say it that way, but the truth is no one has ever walked in and said, hey, I'm here, um, I, I want to transfer to a D2, unless maybe they had already come from where, where a 4-2, four player, and they knew based on their clock, right. that was their only option. Right. But most people don't come in with that expectation and because they don't see it as viable. Right. So maybe that's not the goal, but to still follow through on that as an opportunity. Right. That demands to be applauded because, first of all, Wayne State is an excellent institution. Um, historically, it's a relevant institution. Um, and so, therefore, you seize that opportunity. And I think you said you walked away with that piece of paper, right? Yes, I did. And that was the most important thing. A okay. lot of people ask me about the culture shock. They're like, hey, right. man, you're from Inglewood. You went to Crenshaw. You know, what was it like going to school in Nebraska? You know, my mama said that. 
You know, yeah, my grandmother yeah. too. They're very skeptical just of the social environment. Because that would have been the end of the road for some people. It would have been for me, you know, because it was there or Western New Mexico. I'm okay. a Division II school. I've got minimum academic requirements met. If I'm going to go D1, I got to stick around for another year, but my clock's ticking. Right. right. Um, and so it was, hey, do I want to, if I want to go to Arizona State, I need 40, you know, 40 more units. Yeah. Or do I leave now right. and while, while my clock's running, go to the number one passing offense in the country for Division II schools? There were three kids that I had played with that were already at Wayne State that I had played with. Right. Um, at, at Palomar, and another buddy was on a plane in two weeks. Wow. They sent the contract. I didn't think twice. Were you a receiver coming out of college? Yes. So even that consideration, I know students who, okay, so first of all, when you're choosing to go away to a university, whether out of high school or, excuse me, out of community college, one thing to understand is there's, do they have a major I want? That's relevant. Some people don't think about that. What is the local community? Because there could be culture shock. What is that like? We could even say weather. Yep. All right. But even as it relates to the sport, what position do I play? What offense do I do they run? Right. So you just said the number one passing offense in the nation at that time for Division Two, yep. which meant that could have been more of a viable opportunity to, than many Division One institutions. No, no doubt. You got me. So no you question. go somewhere that runs like a, like Air Force. That's Division One. No doubt. But if if you a receiver who need the ball thrown to you, I don't know if Air Force is going to be your best opportunity. You know yep. what I'm saying? There it is. So again. Those are things. How, how did you even come to that conclusion? It was because you knew other receivers who went there? There was a pipeline. I think I just mentioned it. Right? There yeah. was a pipeline of kids that had come from our school okay. from Palomar to Wayne State. Gotcha. The coach at Wayne State came from San Diego Mesa, so he okay. knows the gotcha. area. So gotcha. It would be the equivalent of me getting a, a job somewhere at a JC in Kansas. Right. Right. And then all of and then using the California pipeline to build my program. Right. That's right. essentially what he did. Right. Um, Which people do. That is what's the game. Do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, probably yeah. College coaches have yeah. you known that have come from the Southern California area. Right. If I get a job at Fresno State and I want to come to Pierce College to recruit, who am I going to call? Right. 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 I got Joseph. I've known Joseph for 10 years. So yeah. it was a relationship business between Wayne State and our school, a, a, gotcha. a, a history of and of relationships between their coaching staff and our coaching staff and a proven system of developing receivers. Gotcha. Two of them had went to the NFL. So to me, it was a no-brainer. Right. You know, I knew this. You know, my buddies didn't know. My family didn't know. But I had done enough research right. and had enough information to make that very critical decision for me. And, and still, again, so that needs to be acknowledged and applauded because there's other people who would have walked away from that opportunity, right? Because they would have had to, I got to go to Arizona State. Yeah. Right? But then maybe they wouldn't have seen that as viable. They would have been in a position where they didn't academically qualify later. So now they've kind of they didn't see the door that opened because yes. they couldn't look beyond the door that closed. That's right. Next, my brother, you tried to just step over the fact that you played in the Arena League for nine years. Yep. And since there's multiple Arena Leagues, there's multiple tiers of Arena Leagues, I there believe. Now, yeah. Right? But yep. you played in the Arena One League. Yes. You got me? Yes. So okay. the Arena Football League initially kicked off, <clears throat> excuse me, 1998 and they ran through 2008 mm -hmm. since the arena football league folded there you had the arena league two you've had the national arena football league right, the indoor right. football league the national indoor football league. right right um so i mean it, I, I think if you're i would tell anyone just like anything else you know if you're looking for like accurate resources you just got to continue to use your um, technology and i think it, you'd find information you're looking for right, right. um but yes um there was an opportunity at one point in 2002 
and again in 2003 for me to try out for the Green Bay Packers in the first year and then the, the Chicago Bears the next year. Both opportunities meant that I would have needed to avoid a contract that I was, curr- I was currently being paid by the Arena Football League. And so it, uh, in, in order to avoid liability, right. um, I needed to avoid one contract and sign another one. Gotcha. Um, which would not have been a favorable maybe perception in terms of my relationship with the organization, um, certainly maybe um, a really good opportunity for me. So, But ultimately, it came down to me the cost-benefit of it. Right. You know, was the opportunity worth sacrificing the relationship? And in neither situation, I didn't view that as the case. Yeah, I could have went, signed a contract, tried out, maybe even signed a 14-day contract and then been cut later. Right, right. And then ended up right back in the arena league with the Chicago Rush and the Las Vegas Gladiators knocking on the door going, hey, I'm back. And now at that point, I've soured the relationship. I've walked away from the contract. So I burnt the bridge and lost value. Right, right. So rather than do that, um, I decided to just, at that point, I was making enough of an income to support myself year-round and, you know, live out my dream. And yeah. I started coaching on the side. So now I'm coaching football in the fall and I'm playing football in the spring. To me, that was the best of both worlds. And I was able to take my real life professional experience and then apply it right away. And that's how I transitioned into coaching. I think so. So I want to I want to follow up on that more. But first, I also wanted to touch on one of the things we try to discuss a lot is the bigger picture of athletics. Yeah, because I think so many parents miss it, too. So many student athletes miss. And again, I get living the dream and I respect that. Hey, by all means, chase your dreams. Yep. Um, but I think especially in youth sports, a lot of people miss these lessons that we use as we transition forward to other areas of our lives. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I just caught, caught that you said that I thought was very powerful is you said, even at that moment, as it related to the decisions you were making, you were going through like a cost benefit analysis no doubt. process with the teams and you were demonstrating a concern for the relationship because that even at that point in your life, you understood the power and benefit of relationships. Yes. You know, and I just think yes. too often people don't get that. Yes. And, and that's one of the things we generally try to touch on. Is, no doubt. You know, so I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was just like anything else you're doing. They had they had, you know, the year prior, um, I had signed a three year contract. So they were at that point expressing a investment and a yeah, value yeah. In, 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 right. in, in what I brought to the organization. And the very next year, I had another really good year. And now the NFL teams were knocking on the door. What it would have taken to go to camp with the Bears was to give up everything that I needed right. and right. had in terms of security. Yeah. Um, and at that time, I was 27. Had I been 21? Okay. Maybe. Hey, thank you for expressing that. Because now you're, because right, this, in the, in the ideal world where we always say, chase your dreams. Right. You know, some things have to be risked to arrive at these outcomes. Sure. And so I like that you, again, just shared like, yeah, now look, there was variables. So because this variable, I was 27, I chose this. That's no different than investing in stocks, That's right? right. You, okay, based on how long do I have an, an, as an investment period, right. I'm going to choose this high-risk volatile stock right. based on, okay, no, I need this safer. Right. So there was variables you were looking at. That's right. That, so kind of the correct answer to, well, what do we do? It, it depends. It depends on the variable. So right. in this situation, you were 27, yep. and you chose to stick with the... Uh, because I was in my fifth year in the Arena Football League. See, okay. it took me... I was on the practice squad for two years, for the first two years with the Iowa Barnstormers. I wasn't playing. Okay. I was learning how to play. Right. I was getting bigger, stronger, faster. But I was sitting and watching it, and I finally got a chance to play my, my fourth year in the league. And that's when I had a, 
Okay. You know, I, that I year. start to reach that my potential. Year. Right. The fifth year was I followed it up, and that's right. when the NFL teams were like, hey, who's this guy? You know, yeah. but there's risk there. I'm 27. You know, right. I'm not 22. Right. So there's some risk from their standpoint. Hey, you know, if we're going to bring you in, it needs to be for 14 days yes. um, on this trial, yeah. you know, um, waiver, you know, contract. And, if you know, if you make it, then we sign you to the 53. Um, if you don't, then you're free to you're a free agent. Right. And at that point in my career, I had established too much. Um, so, yeah, to exist. And was way, 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 was way too comfortable. It taking me too long. I went from five years before that. I was remember like almost homeless. Right. So I wasn't about to give up that kind of um, certainty for more uncertainty because I hadn't been in an uncertain situation in a long time, and right. I think that was the ultimate driving force behind it. Hey, that's so deep. Now, relating that to my little brother's situation, I asked him that. He was in the EuroLeague. And I would ask him, like, man, you don't want to try out for the NBA? And he would explain to me. He was like, well, just based on when my season is and when the tryout, I'd have to give up the certainty of this opportunity and the, what I've earned in terms of positioning myself in relationships just to try out. Then he started explaining. And then you have to consider the limited number of positions, everybody coming out of college each year. The people who are already on the team, and you know, so again, there's just all these variables. The business, right? Hey, the it's because at the end of the day, it's a business. One hundred percent. Okay, so now we are at so your playing career, and then you transition into coaching. Yep. All right, and then what levels of coaching did you initially go into? High school started okay. off coaching JV football. Okay. Uh, at Redondo High School. Okay. Um, cousin was coaching, and he was like, "Man, I need some help." So went out and helped, and the first day. Like, I was I was on the field for about twenty minutes. Uh huh. Like, this is it. Oh, for real? This is it. Oh, so the bug bit you that quick? Like twenty minutes. We, we they they hadn't even finished stretching yet. I was like, yeah, this is it. What what was it? Is there anything tangible that you could touch on that that where you it was a moment where you just knew? Yeah, because I realized at that moment that I could. You know, so now I'm you know thirty. Right. And had, you know, gone through from the start of my journey to now the pinnacle of the arena football league. I had right. won the MVP trophy one year. Oh, wow. Right? Okay, I was okay. the highest paid player in the league in my position. So I had right. gone from right. last chance right. 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 <laughs> to yeah. the, 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 I'm him. Yeah. I'm him. Open the door. Open and the I door. step on the field with. You know, these other kids with these kids. Right. And it, it dawned on me that there is probably two or three, four or five other dudes out here. Like, which one of these dudes has my deal? Okay. I, that was the kid I started looking for. Oh, got you. Wow. Wow. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I started, it was the, and it, cause they were easily Almost identical. like the one, too, who needed you the most. That's the right. one who was going through adversity, challenge, yeah. struggle. Yes. But still here and determined. Yes. So I'm going to help facilitate for him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I, and, it, and it didn't, it didn't me. I'm not, and I want to make sure I clarify this also. I don't want the perception to be that I'm saying that I was only looking to connect with that particular type mm -hmm. of struggle. I was looking to connect with struggle. Yeah. No matter yeah, what, even yeah, if you were the yeah. rich white kid who was going through a divorce. Right, right, right. I was looking for that because that's yeah. what football is. Hey, the person who needed me. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's not, right. and that's not, and, and that, I, I respect you wanting to clarify that because there's people who, you know, people always go find what they're looking for. So it's people who want to read into something. But the reality of life is, no, certain people at whatever level you talk about, whether it's youth sports or, or sports removed. Right. 
people at different are at different stages and different places and spaces in their life. Right. And I can connect with everyone, but at the same time, this person, okay, may may need the services that are available right. more so than this person over here. Right. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. So, right. okay, so now that being said, what year are we at? Because I'm trying. 2003. Because I'm putting this with when I met you too. So I'm trying to figure you, out. So I met you four years later. Okay. So I coached at Redondo that year. Mm-hmm. Moved on to Culver City High School where I coached for three years. I ran the offense there. Okay. Had some success. And that's how I ended up on your doorstep. Okay. So I had four okay. years of high school football before I transitioned to the community college yeah. level. Did that for a couple of years before I ended up at Crespi as an assistant. Right. Um, and then later became the head coach at Crespi uh, like two years ago in 2018. So what I want, I want to say to you too um, is this, man. First of all, when I met you, you were already a man of distinguishment, right? Um, a gentleman, should I say, right? <laughs> right, right? Uh, and, that would be, and, that would be a, a, a compliment and a half. Right, in your own rights though. <laughs> but, you, hey, but you were, and then we, we all, including myself, we all go through stages of refinement, right? I appreciate that. And so, you know, I just... Um, I really want to state that, man, that as someone who considers themselves, um, you know, a, a friend, um, but also a fan of sorts, right, that um, I admire you. I admire the growth I've seen you do, and I've, I admire what I've seen you do. Hmm. So, and that segues into this. I've watched you go into multiple, not one. If you do something once, you could have had a good run. You feel me? But That's I've true. watched That's you true. go into multiple substandard programs, subpar programs, um, that where maybe the talent level wasn't um, as if the person had opened up a recruiting pipeline before you got there, right? And I've watched you turn those programs around. Now, me, I'm the type of person, I'm going to equate this with, you know, just the rules of life taught me you don't watch another man's money. Right. So I ain't watching you trying to pick on uh, uh, understanding of what you're doing so much as just watching and admiring, like, oh, shoot, he did it again. Uh, so when you came to Pierce, I watched you turn around a program and make us, I don't know where we ranked in terms of offensive performance, but without the advantage of having an offensive line, I watched you create an offense that ran up to score on people consistently. Then I watch you lead the next year mm-hmm. and go to a rival school and do that to us. I, I, oh, by the way, you know, I, hey, look, I, I didn't, li- I didn't like that. I ain't like that. But you, my dude, though, I ain't like that, though, right? That wasn't the experience I was looking for. So now that being said, then I watched you reproduce those same um, outcomes as a head coach at the high school level. What is your philosophy that's allowed you to do that? How do you do? Are you I've referred to you before as an offensive genius and you kind of looked at me like, I don't know if I say all that, but right. So, well, how do you do that? How do you consistently? What is the formula for how you turn around programs that have um, competed at a subpar level before you arrive there? I got it, y'all. That was the question. He didn't thought. I think it has nothing to do with football. Oh, wow. I, I think. What you're talking about is is how how to how 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 teams have gone from winning to losing to winning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I thought I said that too, but that must yeah. not be what I. I'm glad you can interpret and translate. No, I, but I'm, I want to. I want to simpl- I'm simplifying it for myself. Okay. Gotcha. Because it's gonna. Gotcha. I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to make sense of that in a second. Okay. Because. Ultimately, winning is just a byproduct of something. Okay. It's deep. not like, you know, you, 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 
you know, winning is a result. Right. Right. So winning is the outcome. The outcome. Okay. And then there's, but there's all these other variables, right. you know, things right. that go into the game starts in the seven o'clock and then at, you know, nine thirty, ten o'clock, the results yeah. Yeah. are there. One team, you know, outperformed or out, 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 duel the other team. Right. But it's those individual plays, right? The 250 plays that equal the yes. result of the game. Yes. And, and so when you, when you watch football or any sport, Right. As, as an observant, you just see, you know, the ball go from here and then it goes in the hoop and then it goes to this side and it goes in the end zone. Right. Well, the process of that is what I believe I've been able to manage and overcome because my life has taught me how to overcome setbacks. OK. And oh, that's wow. ultimately what that process is. Yes. The process yes. is going back and forth. If I score, is the game over? No, you get a chance to score. Right. right. How it's not how we handle our success that defines us. Right. People, I don't define success as like the result of an outcome. I define success as what have you overcome to yeah. get how you got to where you are. Okay. Because to me, that's what that's my perception of it. It may it doesn't mean that that's another person's perception. But if you were to ask me about my philosophy, it's having my teams understand that winning can never be your goal if we haven't won, right? So the year you're talking about at Pierce College, we hadn't won games in like 10 years. So that group of kids, we just had to go out and get a first down. The first down led to the points, the points led to the wins, right? So it was the focusing on the process of the setbacks that, that inevitably occur in life, right? They, 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 they occur, they occur in all of our lives, and if you don't respond appropriately to setbacks, right. then right. ultimately they are what prevents you from winning. It, here's the thing. If the other team is better than you are and you have no setbacks, they can have some setbacks and still beat you. That means they're better than you right. are, right? right? So rather than focus on your setbacks right, and, let, and dwell on those, we focus on all the positive things that we can do. And I think ultimately that shift in a person's mindset helps you right. to do, accomplish the results ultimately that you're talking about, whether it's winning a football game, yeah. bouncing back from a bad relationship, yes. getting fired from a job and moving on to the next job. Right. All of those things that happen to our, in, in our right. lives are the metaphors that we learn through sports. Because one thing we can count on for sure, you know, one thing we can count on for sure in life is some adversity, some struggle and some setbacks. Right. And so eventually I, I appreciate you sharing that because again, now if I attach that back to sometimes my concern with whether young people, whether people in general, whether parents understand the benefit of patent, uh, participating in athletics and sports and see the bigger picture. So every now and then using this, this is what came to mind, not exactly in relationship to what you're saying, but on a similar note, I'll see parents fussing at their kids about something like, okay, let's say your child is competing with a different group of kids. And I'm thinking like, well, don't worry about the score. Like, don't you see the remarkable way your child is out here competing against that child who has simply invested in more years, mm -hmm. more time, and mm -hmm. is more athletically gifted? Like, dang, we playing against a team where our team is averaging 5'10", and they all 6'4", jumping out the gym. That's right. Be proud, but instead you're so concerned with the outcome. And that also goes the other way, where sometimes I look at the other team and the parents like, well, okay, I see that y'all came in here and, and your determined outcome for this potential uh, participant, uh, particular, excuse me, tournament is to walk away with the trophy. But is that really the victory you're looking for when you put 
your group of kids in a division with a group of kids who are not really helping them, they're not going to grow from this experience. Right because they haven't been challenged, they haven't faced obstacles, that's right. they haven't faced adversity. And that just tells me, now by all means, if that's what you wanna do, hey, who am I to knock it, right? That's, right? that's your right. But it's just like, okay, I wonder if you're really getting the points of the benefit of this and how that translates to life later. Mm -hmm. Because what you would want your kid to get out of this is some struggle, mm -hmm. some adversity to be challenged because this is a safe environment for them to learn that and in which that for that to take place it's so deep though joe because the 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 live with me here for a second so the parent who demands youth recreational success don't want their kid to struggle oftentimes that is the parents that are struggling oh that's deep that's deep that they need that success that has to happen right, right? because without that right I put my kid in this for success to happen. All we have is struggle. Right. The parent who is comfortable wants their right. kid to struggle. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And, and comfortable, I don't mean I don't mean without stress. I mean yeah. The, yeah. from the social economic standpoint. Right? right. The parents that have been able to sustain themselves oftentimes put want their kids to have some adversity. The parents that are living in adverse situations, yeah. they look for the best teams to and look, hold my kid back two years so he can dominate, right? right? Because right. he's got to make it, right? You know, right. Um, so so and I've learned that you know just in studying parents over the years, parents right. are involved. My mama wasn't involved. Your mama, your daddy wasn't involved. Right. They, they right. you just go play. But what? what they, ain't you got practice? Right. right. Not let me. Right. I'm taking you to practice. Yeah. I'm yeah. at practice. Watching. Gonna yeah. take you home from practice. Talk to you about practice. Right. These parents are involved. Many of them are invested. Yeah, that's deep. You know, and I think um, the more invested they are, oftentimes, yeah. the more success they need to yeah. see. And I think too, too often uh, with our youth growing up, and I say we because I'm going to attach myself to the identity of the nation, yes. you know, society, globally, whatever the case. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I become concerned when we tie too much of a child's efficacy, self-efficacy, uh, self-esteem into the outcomes of their performance. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I've enjoyed doing to my son, and this is what's so crazy, I was looking at a picture of him and some of the games I put him in. So he might be in seventh grade and I'll stick him into a high school division with some kids like where my son don't understand. Like my brother, I've put you in a situation where it's impossible for you to win. Right. And matter of fact, if my son had a good play, I told the kid on the other team, hey, he in seventh grade, homeboy, how could you let him do that to you? And my son then looked at me and he like, why'd you just tell him that? Now he's going harder at me. Right. Because at the end of the day, this don't matter, man. Right. This has no relevance to you other than you understanding how to prepare for life. Because right. what I need you ready for is life. Because right. life is going to uh, present some adversities. And that's what we're going through now 100%. as a society. Yep. And one of the things I appreciate, you know, who knows what the outcomes will be. Um, you know, who knows what the new normal will look like. But I like right. the fact that for the most part... I feel like my son is pretty well adjusted because mentally I've made him go through. You know, we did, I, I didn't raise my son in an environment where like, hey, you got to go back up the street and get your bike, man. Right. You got to go. No. So therefore, I have put him in use youth athletics as a controlled environment to make him experience struggle and adversity. That's what it's understanding is some level of safety that's within right. that, though. Right. You know, right. That balance. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, and I think that's the best case scenario for any parent. Um, regardless of your background, right, is right. to is to try to find that balance, and I think it's 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 not. I think I've I, I've identified um, 
the types of parents and the situations that they come mm -hmm. uh, to it from. I hope no one takes it as you know me judging, right, right, because um, that's not what I'm doing. But I am, I am, and I do believe that it's important to understand a parent's perspective, right, and, right, and, and because that's going to underline what their motivation is. Because right. not every parent comes to the situation with the same, you know, some right, parents right. just want their kids to participate and have a you know, be a part of the team. And then there are some parents, you know, if you don't win the game, they're going to be upset. Right, right. <laughs> and you got to be able to balance yeah, yeah. both, you know, especially in the private school setting. So it's, um, it's a very, very challenging, but very, very rewarding, mm -hmm. you know, noble um, profession. So it, it's, it's how and why I decided, when I decided to leave, plan, which it made it easy for me to, to, go to walk course. away. Okay. Yeah. So let me ask you this. You just mentioned, especially in a private school setting. Yeah. So if I'm correct, I think I followed your career from my position of fandom over here, right? I think you were at Luzinger, right? Yes. Okay. Now, and in Culver City as well. Yes. So what would be the distinct difference? And maybe there is none. And if there is none, then, then that's what it is. But sure. What is, is, is there a difference? Maybe that's the way I should word it. Um, between the demographics you're coaching or and the, the, not just the demographics in terms of ethnicity or attitude, but the culture of the environments of somewhere like a Luzinger versus you coaching at a Crespi now. Yeah, I think. Um, or even we could say the politics, anything. What sure. are the significant differences you encounter? I think I would, I would, I would, I always try to um, talk about the, the differences um, in those two experiences, um, kind of like in a, sort of, I kind of use Maslow's hierarchy, hierarchy of needs, of needs okay. Okay. categories and, and, right. and the differences in, in motivation, I think. Okay. Um, I think in one environment, uh, there are kids that have other basic fundamental needs right. um, that, that are higher priorities than school. Yes, and okay. Even higher priorities in football. Right. So the- Food, you know, that, shelter, and clothing, if those basic fundamental needs, and I'm not saying those are strictly what those are, but yeah, if those basic fundamental needs are met, that's we right. can't worry about, right. well, you know, um, are you self-actualizing? Are you trying, well, hey, what, what's the meaning of life? No. You know, love and, you know. You I know. got my teaching credential. I became a teacher. I went through my teacher education in that district. Okay, gotcha. And so, um, which I, you know, it's a very, very, very valuable experience. Yes, it is. Um, it's got nothing to do with sports. The, 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 the most important thing I did every single day was stand at the door and fist pump every kid that came in. So I'm taking temperatures every day. Mm -hmm. And if there's more than half of the class yeah. that, you know, they blood pressure is up, there is no business being taught that day. Hey, send us a message if you didn't catch what I just got to clarify because we're in the COVID era. That's right. So when you said I'm checking temperatures at the door, some people think you literally like, oh, back then he was checking temperatures too. So that, that's mm -hmm. a, he, he's trying to mm -hmm. see what the temperament, yes. the feeling, the mood. That's right. Uh, in that sense, checking temperatures. If you didn't get that, send us a DM. I'll clarify more. But go ahead. Go ahead. DB. Thank you for clarifying the analogy. I'm sorry. Um, it's so, COVID. Yeah, they they concerned. Right. Like, he was checking point. temperatures back then. That's right. Like, you know? Conspiracy. I knew it. Hey, hey, hey. And then and you part of <laughs> it. Hey, the world, my brother, all they got to do is assume you part of it I and know. you part of it now. You're right. You know, it's a cold right. fight. We don't look for evidence anymore. Right. Right. It's, it's you guilty because we said <laughs> so. Said so. Okay, so that being said, so you're checking the climate, the environment, yeah. the atmosphere, and the so, class. Yeah, that was what um, human interest is a higher priority okay. when you're a coach at Losinger. Gotcha. Um, 
and when you're at Crespi, um, human interest is still is always a part of, of course, the of coaching course. experience. Right, right. But there aren't as many voids to fill for as yes. many kids gotcha. for what we do as a as a coach. Yes, does that make yes. sense? Yes, um, it most definitely does. So, in in a in a sense, um, one job is rewarding in a sense that you get to uh, be the difference in the lives of kids who come from a a a, a socioeconomic deficit. And in another sense, there's a reward for helping kids that in their, in, that are in a challenging environment reach their potential. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. And so I think they both have their challenges and they both have their rewards. Yeah. Um, those are some of the the differences and similarities, though, because right. I think in each situation, as a, as an educator, your job is to help a kid reach whatever his potential is given his circumstances, however. You know what I mean? And in both situations, you know, you see kids overachieve. um, But I I, I would not trade the Losinger experience because it more than prepared me for the climate and the situation, any situation I think I can go into now, but um, in particular the one that I'm in. I appreciate, too, that you use both this because I was going to ask you, too, what were the challenges, but also what were the benefits, right? Sure. And so I like that you just touched on that without me even having a chance to prompt you in the sense of the challenges and the rewards and that you were distinguishing that, yes, there is a difference in the environments because in the society we live in now, first of all, we need all types of people present. No doubt. So I don't care whether you have liberal views towards life or conservative. I believe in the need for both those uh, the presence of both of those groups and entities because you need that necessary pull yep. in society to create balance. But that being said, some people, when they want to be cl- politically correct, they won't acknowledge that. Well, you know, was he saying those kids over there? Now stop it. Right. Stop it. Because even as a parent, you know, my father does not love me less than he loves my little brother. My father, my dude. But I know based on our experiences, I didn't grow up with him. Right. I went through a different experience. Right. I grew up in a lower socioeconomic status than what he raised my little brother in. Right. My little brother is his dude. Right. They talk probably more often than me and him. Right. But, and, and so the bonds are equally as close, but his relationship with his two children are two different relationships. Totally different. The nature of them. And, right. and me and my little brother don't have an issue with that because right. we exist with such a huge regard right. for each of us that... Right. We don't become concerned with, well, the nature of his relationship is different right. with you or, the, you know, because that's the nature of life. So I, right. I just appreciate um, you being open, honest, forthright and transparent. Um, it's always my goal. I'm not here to for um, shock value to turn people off. No but I do appreciate honesty because sometimes in our society uh, we have sought out this need to be politically correct, politically correct, excuse me, so much that at moments we lose the value and the, the transparency of what we're saying and therefore the meaning of it. No so, doubt. you know, I appreciate you being open and honest about that. You no, know? man. I like, I like mm-hmm. um, if, if you're going to have discussions, I believe that they should have value to them. And you so know, always, real life, real you know. life. I've watched you build a couple um, young men. I say a couple. And, and hold on. I'm gonna, I want to go back first. So one of the experiences that's bonded us, I don't know if you really know this. But I'm going to share it because it's traumatic for me. And every time I think of it, you naturally become present in the story. And that's going to segue into what I want to ask you about. Uh, but without saying names, there was a young man at, uh, at Pierce College, right? And 
I think that's general enough, so I'm not, there's no way someone could go trace back everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I, I really love this young man. He's a wonderful young man. He just had a wonderful disposition because he, he wanted it. He had that grit. And, uh, but he was challenged in certain environments in his life and stability and support. And so um, his, one of his parental figures were not, was not present. And one of them, um, as, as this young man would get frustrated with you at times because you would challenge him because you saw his potential. And you really, every time you would speak to me about the young man, expressed this huge regard of his ability. But your understanding as someone who's competed at multiple levels, but we have to shape him in a way that uh, makes him presentable to coaches. Because, you know, at the next level, they're not offering no scholarship if they feel you have any particular behavioral issues. Gotcha. So anyway, um, I remember some of that would frustrate him. And sometimes instead of his parent trusting the process, they would participate in trying to politic against you. And so what ended up happening is that young man, you know, couldn't really keep his composure and work through the situations on the field. So I think in a moment of frustration, he quit, walked away. And then um, without going into too much detail, within a week, based on who he was hanging with when he should have been at practice, should have been in class, he ended up um, catching a case and, um, you know, having to deal with some legal issues which resulted in him getting substan uh, you know, sentenced to a substantial amount of time, maybe just less than two decades, right? Mm -hmm. And to this day, that impacts um, my interactions with, with my student athletes. So as the athletic counselor, part of my interactions, okay, these are the courses you need to take in order to be eligible to compete now, to transfer to a university and compete, whether it's Division One, Two, Three, and AIA, right? Um, and, but that's the minimal part of my job. That's just the basics, right? Other than that, it's developing the rapport with you to create a level of trust where you can accept me telling you about yourself and, and know that it's with love. So what it requires in part is an appropriate level of self-disclosure about my past so student athletes know like nothing I say should be interpreted as condescending. Right. Because just the fact that you're on a college campus at your age means you're ahead of where I was at, at your age. So therefore nothing I say is speaking down on you, but at the same time I have to be honest. So let me use as an example, if you were out gay engaging in frivolous sexual activity, don't be upset for me telling you that hey, you need to protect yourself. You need to be more judicial, judicious. You need to be more thoughtful. You need to show better discretion. That's right, not me talking right. down on you. That's me trying to prevent you from knocking your head against the wall. Right. So anyway, that experience literally traumatized me to the point where I carry that on my heart. Because, you know, there's a part of me that it feels like I'm supposed to, I, I can't leave not one of these kids behind. You know, so I'm just sharing that with you from the perspective of, your interactions with young people because i've watched you build some leaders over the years most recently some of the young men who played with you last year who when i first saw them i didn't really see their disposition or temperament mm. making them leaders mm. uh, whereas by the time they graduated i saw them being perceived as leaders amongst their peers um after expressing all that i mean what's your thought process in terms of your role as a coach with truly building young men and young women, if you were coaching young women as well, it's just that I know you and your role sure, of coaching young sure. men. I just said a lot, my bad. Yeah, I was trying to, I, 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 
if I if I'm if I'm breaking your question up into two parts, um, it's uh, the role or the philosophy into building men and then subsequently, you know, leaders, right, right, right. out of those guys. So, um, what what we know as educators and teachers, we, we can only teach sort of like what we know. Right. right? Your right. philosophy is based on your knowledge, right? Your knowledge and philosophy is based on your perspective. That's based on your experience. So, whatever you're teaching is what you know. Right. Um, my my general. Uh, belief um, about building men uh, is 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 the the fundamental belief that success in the classroom and success in athletics can lead to success in life. Okay. Um, I, I I I believe that. I don't believe that if you will have and when I success when I say success, I don't mean Division One scholarship. I don't mean you know winning the championship. By success, I mean being a part of a a part of a growth experience right. that allows you to maximize your potential. Gotcha. Okay, in any sport or realm that you participate in, and then combined with academic success, I believe those two experiences lead to successful. I think men that go through that have a larger I, um, I, uh, uh, um, chance of being successful. So, based on that, those two premises, um, I have to set up a structure for. You know, or, or build a program based on those two premises, um, and and to build that, you know, we start with structure and then a routine, and then accountability. You know, that that sort of triangle of structure, routine, and accountability is what creates discipline, and you use that to drive participation. Um, it doesn't matter if you're coaching football. If I was coaching soccer, the structure would be the same, the communication gotcha. would be the same. Gotcha. If I was coaching basketball, my approach would be the same. You get the same newsletter every Sunday. You get the same lifting routine. You're going to get the same practice structure. Um, I believe that I believe that young boys thrive well when they have structure, routine, and accountability. That is the triangle of discipline. Um, I think that is what helps you. And then whatever sport you're in is how you develop your your, your boys. Um, how to develop leaders? Um, leaders are, are 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 willing communicators, right? So if you have a team or a group of guys that are all sort of you know working to in this structure that you've built and trying to maximize their, their potential, the leaders become A, the older or the elder statesmen. So our program's philosophy would be, you know, if you have a household and there's two parents and four young boys, right? You got a 17-year-old, a 14-year-old, an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old. Hey, we're going out to dinner, right? You're going to leave the boys home. Who's in charge? I mean, I would hope my oldest one is Right. Is in the best case scenario, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, the 17-year-old is going to hold it down, yeah. right? He's going to make sure the kids get some pizza, take a shower, watch yeah, a movie, and go yeah. to bed, be in bed by the time parents get home, right? right? Yeah. House burned down. You're not going to go to the little kid. Yeah, yeah. You're going to go to the 17-year-old. Yeah. I'm only going to the little kid to confirm that the 17-year-old told the truth. Like, what, hey, he, he what we're really high. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's not yeah, going to yeah, lie. Yeah, yeah. So using that home family, you know, um, sort of framework, um, we have a leadership development program at Crestby. You know, after guys complete their sophomore year, they get into their junior season. Right after their junior season, the spring of their junior season, we start to groom and develop. And I meet with the, the junior class. Those guys are going to be the senior leaders. And so we take them through a series of talks, discussions. Um, there's a little bit of training that we do. Oh, wow. um, and okay. we group a, 
we take those guys, those, you know, if there's 15 seniors and we have then a subcommittee and the right. subcommittee, the seniors vote for the four captains. Okay. So, oh, so you have a very intentional process. Absolutely. Okay. So you said you saw guys who, well, how can, yeah. remember the yeah. example that you gave was, yeah. there was the guys that you said when you showed up, they didn't look like leaders. Right, right, right. Right. And then what happened? Okay. They yeah. didn't just become. Hey, to be real with you, I don't know. I don't know what I thought your answer was going to be because I just grew into that, my brother. I don't know if I anybody. Got you. I thought you might tell me you sprinkle some pixie dust in it. You know, I ain't well, know it's a but process. that's a, cause it is a process. But yeah, if yeah. I walk in your house, if you walk into a house and you see a plant mm-hmm. that's four years old, you say that's yeah, a beautiful yeah. plant. How old is that plant? Oh, yeah. I got that plant. I bought it when it was. Well, I had a small pot. It was just a seed. It's four right, years now. Right, yeah. It's six feet tall. Gotcha. How did how did it get to six feet tall? Process. It's a process. It's a process. You need, yeah. you need two things. You need sunlight. Yeah. You need water. Okay. Right. It didn't, it didn't just go overnight. Right. 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 But you 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 didn't say you showed up one day and the next day. Yes. They were leaders. You Real said life. you showed up and then after a process that you didn't see. Right. Right. I didn't observe the process. You didn't observe the process. Yes. But you saw the result of it. Right. And so as a coach, what I'm asking parents to do and, I, and what, I, what I would encourage all parents to do yeah. is to trust that process. You got to find oh, the results deep. that you're looking for. That's deep. That's deep. Yeah. You yeah, got to find deep. the results that you're looking yeah. for. And if the results aren't what you want them to be, then you got to keep shopping. Right. When you find the results that you're looking for, then study the process. If the process isn't what you're looking for, keep shopping. Right. But right. when we say trust the process, that's what we're talking about. Right. Because the parents don't see the things that coaches do. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, and so you didn't say, hey, you know, um, these guys were, you know, you turned them into Division I football players. You're not going to turn someone into a Division I football player. Right. You said that you saw them become leaders. Right. And as right. a coach, that I can impact. Right. right. I can't turn your son into a, you know, right. that's God's job. Okay. You have a Division One football player, then he showed up that way. And this process that we're talking about right. is going to help maximize his potential. Exactly. But if he's a Division One, you know, caliber, size, speed, athleticism, right. then this process only enhances oh, his natural true. capabilities. That's but it's true. not my job to, as a coach, turn okay. someone into who is not a Division One caliber right. person right. into a... Right. I can maximize anyone's potential. And you can help potentially bring it out if it's there. If it's but there. But if it, if it wasn't there, I can't just make that happen. No. Don't, yeah. And there are certain things That's that... That's not a realistic are, expectation. No. Building leaders is a realistic expectation. Okay. Building Division One athletes is not. Oh, that's deep. <laughs> you know, they're not the same. And it, se- it seems like that should be basic and understood, but it's not. No. It's not. Hey, and part of it is this reasonable. Part of it is this. So even myself, I wanted from community college to go to a Division One institution. I wanted Power Five because sure. that was my mentality. Yep. Okay, but I went local. CSUN had a team at the time, which was Division One AA yep. at that moment, right? And then when we played against, you know, you get those, you the sacrificial lamb on a couple schedules each year, yep. right? Yep. So we went, uh, one year we went to Kansas, and Kansas isn't even a big football school, no. right? No. But I think, what are they, in the Big 12? Mm-hmm. Okay, so watch this. When we got on the field against them, all of a sudden I realized, like, oh no, I'm D1 AA. <laughs> I'm not a pop. Hey, look, Kansas, my brother, the receivers, the receivers. I lined up in front of the tight end one time. My brother, they made me look like, you know what I'm saying? Where I understood at that moment, it doesn't matter what you envision in your head and what you dream of yourself as. The reality is, are you that guy? And maybe at the D1 AA level, you know, I could be that man. Right. I could be a big fish in a small pond. Yes. But at the D1 Power 5, right. oh, my brother, I would have been like um, the, the equipment room manager. And that was just real life. And, you know, like, if, it is what it if, is. If, 
I don't I don't know how long you're you're you know once you edit the discussion because I, I could sit here all day so whatever however long you guys have when it's all said and done what I'm saying is when it, if you don't if it's 50 minutes or 30 minutes if the listeners don't take anything else oh no give it to us give it to you give us the wrap up you give us the wrap up right now I'm a, no 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 I'm not saying I'm just talking yeah. about just with this yeah if you're when it comes to division one athlete parents okay check one mic when it comes to division one athletes parents okay size speed that's it don't 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 not stats not how how not you know not highlights not stats not the team's record not the competition those enhance yeah. size and speed they need size and speed okay now show me tape right right the tape is only comes as he can be you know if he's not big and fast it doesn't matter the tape doesn't matter tape can lie eyes do not right right real life real life at some point you know when when the division one recruiting process, and I don't mean to segue the conversation, but I just I kind of heard you. But, you know, no, I mean, break it down. Break it down. We got asking, about two minutes, man. Give us what you can give us in that two minutes. Asking, you know, hey, how do, you know, what do these coaches want? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Size, speed. The bigger there's guys, the child on your kid's team is not his competition. His right, competition right. is in Texas and Oklahoma yes. and Florida yes. and Ohio yes. and Georgia. Okay, that's where his competition yeah. is. That's where there's more yeah. kids that play football in those states. Yeah. This is a Southern California podcast. Right. You right. Know, so if it's going national, then people down there already know that. I'm telling you California folks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, right, real quick, I got to tell you this. So there was someone recently who was a DN locally yeah. and they was ranked high in high school, right? But I looked and visually knew, like, homeboy, like, you might be getting it out here, right? Especially in the Valley area, right? But when you step out there and go to one of these uh, camps, off-season camps, and you playing against these old linemen who are going to SEC schools, yep. you're about to find some reality. Because, matter of fact, hold on, I'm trying to drip. That was you telling me about just the, the makeup of the people who live here and have produced kids. And that's a whole different thing we won't get into at the moment. But... So watch this, breaking it down. You said size and speed. speed. Say no more, my brother. If they can't understand that, there's someone at home right now who wrote that down. Like, <laughs> well, no, something else. <laughs> right? No. no. Size and speed. Size and speed. All right. Say no more, my brother. We're going to leave them with that. Uh, DPA, I appreciate you for making time. I know your schedule's busy. Um, I appreciate you sharing your insights, my brother. You've always been amazing to me. I appreciate the work you do with young people. Um, I appreciate the exemplary way you conduct yourself in the community. Um, you know, that, that makes all of us, especially myself, proud to say I have a relationship with you and I know you. Um, and I think that's important because I know everyone's not going to find you favorable because that's not the reality of life. Everyone doesn't like everyone. Everyone's not going to think sure. you're the man. So, but I appreciate knowing you well enough to know that by your conduct, you know, I can rock with you and you conduct yourself as a king. So appreciate there, you. that's a wrap, everybody. You just witnessed two kings talking. Thank you for tuning in to King Talk. We'll see you next time. Or, or I won't actually see you, but y'all get the point. <laughs>